Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Most of us know what it's like to be relatively healthy. No sickness, no symptoms, no fears about whether we'll make it through the day without a visit to the hospital. It's where we want to be. But did you know that we should have a concern about the health of another part of our being, too? Our minds. We need to build and maintain healthy minds as well. Well, how do we do that? Dr. Jennings is with us via Skype to help us learn the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy mind. Dr. Jennings, the time is yours. Well, Charles, let's talk about healthy minds. First Mm -hmm. off, healthy minds are not inherited. They're developed. Hmm. And the develop of our minds is an outworking of God's various laws. For instance, the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it. Because if you neglect it and don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. It gets weaker. So if you want good critical reasoning skills and self-discipline, then you actually must exercise reasoning, working through problems and self-discipline. And if you do, the neural structure of your brain changes and you make more neuron-to-neuron connections, the complexity of those circuitries enhance, and you gain ever-increasing abilities in those areas as you exercise those circuits. However, If you instead exercise impulsive decision-making, thoughtless, emotional-centered decision-making, no self-restraint, self-indulgence instead, then the abilities for critical reasoning and self-governance are lost and you become strengthened in impulsive and emotional acting and decision-making, which is immature Mm decision-making. So healthy minds are not inherited, they're developed. Now, capacities are inherited. If you look at musical ability, art ability, or athletic ability, these are capacities. But doesn't the the artist or musician or athlete still have to practice and apply themselves to to develop it? And if they don't practice and apply, then whatever they initially inherited as as a capacity is actually lost. And so that's the same thing. So you're born with certain genetic capacities, but... Depending on what you do and how you apply yourself, you will either develop abilities or not develop those abilities. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, let's talk about seven points of contrast between a healthy mind and an unhealthy mind. Okay. A healthy mind is motivated by love, by altruism, by concern for the welfare of others, by being a blessing to community, for caring about something more than self. That's a healthy orientation and motivation or desire for life. Mm -hmm. An unhealthy mind is motivated by fear and selfishness, primary concern with feeling safe, avoiding threats, and gratifying self, feeling good right now. Point two, a healthy mind is directed by reason. A healthy mind seeks to comprehend events, understand situations, and do what is reasonable in harmony with objective reality, healthy principles, morals, and values. An unhealthy mind is directed by feelings. The individual seeks what feels best irrespective of what's actually best. Mm -hmm. Point three, a healthy mind prioritizes facts over feelings. 
a healthy mind may be faced with intense and strong emotions and feelings, but they will ultimately prioritize in their choice what they understand to be factual, truthful, and best. Where an unhealthy mind prioritizes feelings over facts. They may actually be aware of facts, for instance, aware that cigarette smoking is unhealthy, but they like the way it makes them feel, so they will prioritize the feeling over the facts and choose to do the unhealthy action anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's just a simple example, but you can see this across the landscape of life. Yes. Fourth, a healthy mind recognizes its limits, meaning a healthy mind recognizes it's finite, that there's always information outside of the current perspective and the current awareness. And then the healthy mind, therefore, has an openness for examining new ideas, new evidences, new perspectives to consider the value of them and update the position and not feel threatened or angered when their current position is questioned by someone. An unhealthy mind has an inflated sense of self and becomes threatened when their ideas are questioned and will seek to silence or devalue opposing views. They don't want new uh, ideas to threaten what they believe. Mm -hmm. A healthy mind values and pursues objective truth and wants to grow in it. It's willing to reason through new evidences and truths and thus doesn't get agitated when new concepts challenge their current view. An unhealthy mind values power, not truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They value power because they're motivated by fear and selfishness and the more power they have, it makes them feel safer. And thus they seek to control people around them and will often seek to silence or obstruct truths, especially if the truths threaten their power. Six, a healthy mind respects others and recognizes that each person is valuable as an individual and has their own unique identity and ability to think and to reason and stands in a different place. And that other person may look at the same facts and come to a different conclusion for that other person's life than you come to for your life. And you're at peace with that. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. An unhealthy mind devalues others and think others who think differently are deficient in some way, ignorant, incapable, and thus need the elites or the smarter people to make decisions for them. That's an unhealthy mind. Mm -hmm. And then seven, a healthy mind ultimately thinks for itself. General Patton famously said, if everyone's thinking the same thing, someone's not thinking. <laughs> An individual with a healthy mind will be open and eager to hear perspectives, but at the end of the day, will think through other people's perspectives with their own mind and come to their own conclusion and decide for themselves. An unhealthy mind either won't give real consideration to other people's views or if they're not in a position of power, if they're weak, they will identify with a position of power, a person in power, and will subordinate their thinking and let the person in power tell them what to do so that they can be protected by the person in power. Wow. Wow. So those are the, the seven summary differences between a healthy versus an unhealthy mind. Now, according to scripture, we're in a spiritual warfare yes. for hearts and minds. Yes. Whom will we choose to love and trust? What will we choose as the methods we apply to ourselves and how we treat others? In the biblical worldview, there are two antagonistic forces at work. 
God's kingdom of truth, love, and freedom, and you can see those are the principles of a healthy mind. Mm -hmm. And Satan's kingdom of lies, fear, selfishness, and coercion, and you'll see those are the principles of an unhealthy mind. Satan's kingdom seeks to use power to control, power and control, to rule over and dominate others, diminishing other people to some form of a serf class or labor force to serve the one in power. God's kingdom is those with the most, give the most to help those with the least. So Christ did not think equality with God was something to be grasped, but sacrificed himself all the way to the cross in order to uplift the masses. So in God's kingdom, the more power you have, the more you sacrifice for the benefit of others. In Satan's kingdom, the more power you have, you use it to take from others to keep yourself in power. Do you see the antagonisms here? I certainly do. My. Okay. And if you look at the history of the world, all governments of the world have operated, because they're all, according to scripture, all the kingdoms of the world, Satan's, operate with ruling elites, exploiting the masses for the empowerment of the elites. Now, this leads to two general approaches to how we treat others. The healthy approach, which stems from a healthy mind, is a philosophy called autonomy. In the philosophy of autonomy, we recognize the value of every person, and we seek to use whatever power that we have, whether it's laws or policies or protocols or actions or authority that we might be invested with, we seek to use those for the purpose of creating atmospheres to allow each individual to grow and maximize to the maximum of their ability the capacities that they've been blessed with to grow in the fullness of God's grace, to become sons and daughters of God. We, we, we celebrate as we see people develop themselves. This happens when the principles of truth, love, and liberty are, are maximized. And so we, we value a society where people are free to pursue happiness without undue restrictions on personal liberty. Mm. That's what we value. The unhealthy approach, though, is called paternalism or autocracy. Paternalism can be benevolent, meaning the person has a motive to bless and help people, but it's a viewpoint that others are like children, like a parent who wants to do good for their child. They recognize it a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old really can't make wise decisions, and so they need the parent to oversee and supervise and make choices for them, and that's true when we're dealing with real children. The idea of paternalism, though, is that people apply that to the population and society and other adults, and they think that they're like the parent who wise and understand more, and most people in society are, are childlike, and, and therefore the people in authority need to make decisions and tell other people what to do because they're too ignorant and incapable of actually making good decisions for themselves. That's paternalism. Autocracy is the malevolent idea that a few select people, the elites, have the right to rule over because of power or divine right or some other rationalization, and then the masses are actually there for the purpose of benefiting the elites to be taken advantage of and exploited by the elites. Both of these systems, paternalism and autocracy, are actually rooted in Satan's method of governing, not in God's method of governing. Dr. Jennings, we are in this world wrapped in the unhealthiness of sin, in the last 60 seconds we have the program here, how do we begin to emerge and follow these healthy mind attributes when we are so impounded 
with sin and selfishness. It says in Romans that every person must be fully persuaded in their own mind. The point of this is that God has given you your own individuality, your own capacity for reasoning and thinking, and the power to choose. And each person must exercise those powers that God has given them in governance of self, in aligning themselves with the kingdom of God and practicing the methods of God in governance of self and how they treat others. Rather than subordinating their decision-making to external authorities for the purpose of immediate benefits or feeling rewards, this is the principle. Don't go down the trail of thinking you're going to reform the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdom of God. That is never going to happen. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you when we practice the principles and the laws of God and how we govern self in the way we treat others. So the method going forward is you recognize these two systems, and we don't identify our identity and our practices with the systems of the world, we live out the kingdom of God and how we treat others. And you use that word practice. This doesn't come automatically to us, right? The mature are those who develop by practice, practice. the ability to discern right from wrong, mm-hmm. Hebrews 5.14. We all have work to do. Dr. Jennings, thank you very much for sharing these. Uh, we have a website, listener, comeandreason.com. We invite you to stop by there. Lots of resources available, books and videos to watch and and podcasts to listen to and sharing tracks to share and a beautiful paraphrase of the Bible called The Remedy. That's all waiting for you at Come and Reason to help you practice to help us all practice what we need to do to be Christ-like in a very unchrist-like world. That's comeandreason.com. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Thank you, Dr. Jennings. So appreciate your, your words of wisdom for us. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>